Amen. Amen. Greetings, beloved, in Jesus' name. Amen. The psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. One day in the Lord's house is better than a thousand days out there. So you do well by coming to the house of the Lord because this is where we get trained, this is where we get equipped. Some of us actually, this is our second service. And we don't get tired by listening to the Lord. Amen. We are continuing with what we started last week. But as an introduction, I just want to say to you, if you don't know what God's original intention was when he created the heavens and the earth, when he placed man on the earth, then you are going to settle for less than what God had intended. Okay? Let me repeat that. If you do not know what God's original intent was when he created the heavens and the earth and he placed man on the earth, then you are going to settle for less than what God had intended. If you ask people what is it about this life, about this earth, people will tell you, hi, in this world you see troubles and sufferings all the time. We are born to suffer and all this and all that. But that's people's views. We need to ask God who created us, what was his intention when he placed us on the earth? So I want us to go back together to the book of Genesis chapter 1. Verse 26 to 28, because when he created us, he prepared everything for us before he brought us into the sea. If you read the book of Genesis chapter 1, you will see God creating the heavens and the earth, creating the plants, the seas, the birds, everything. And when everything was created and everything was ready, then God creates us. Amen. What does that say to you and I? It says, God will never undertake a journey with you unless he has finished it already. Amen? It's not like God figures it as he goes. God already knows our destiny. He already knows where he is taking us to. We as human beings may be the ones who don't always understand. Amen? So, in the book of Genesis, like I said, God did everything, prepared everything, for people, and when he finished preparing everything, then we go to verse 26. I'll read in the King James, New King James Version. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. I want you to start thinking of that about he created everything without making it to look like him. He created everything, not even wanting it to be in his image. He just created things. But when he came to human beings, he starts by talking, when he says let us, he's talking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He says, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. In other words, let them be like us. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So when he says, let them have dominion, so he creates us, he gives us dominion. I want you to look at those things, because if you don't know why God created us, and when he created us, what did he have in mind, you are going to be persuaded by what people tell you. 
Even the enemy talking you out of your spiritual right. So then God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female created he them. Verse 28. Then God blessed them. You see what's God's view about us. Okay? So if you say born to suffer, that's not scriptural. Amen? He created us and he blessed us. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over everything that creeps on the earth. I want you to understand this, this very clearly. So when God created us, he gave us dominion, authority. He says, you take charge of things on the earth. He does not say, let us have dominion. He says, let them have dominion. Did you see that? He says, let's create men and let them have dominion. Okay? So he gives us the authority and dominion on the earth to us. God is not going to do things on the earth without men. Amen. He has given us this earth. Okay? Maybe let's show it with scripture. Go with me to the book of Psalms 115, verse 16. Psalms 115, verse 16. Now, read in the Good News translation. It says, Heaven belongs to the Lord alone, but He gave the earth to us humans. Did you see that? Okay, let me repeat it. Heaven belongs to the Lord alone, but he gave the earth to us humans. Okay? If you don't understand that you are going to keep on saying, but what, God, what is going to, God going to do about this? Why doesn't God do this? Why doesn't God do that? Is it on earth? If it's on earth, he's given the earth to you. He's given the earth to us as human beings. He wants us to reign with him. He has given us the authority to rule on the earth. He said, let them be like us. Let them have dominion on the earth. The, earth, the heaven belongs to the Lord alone, but he gave the earth to us as humans. Now, if he gave the earth to us as humans, that's why Jesus says, Matthew 6, 9 and 10, King James Version. Jesus says, Matthew 6, 9 and 10, King James Version, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, where we read in Psalms, it says, The heavens belong to the Lord. Okay? Hallowed be thy name. So when you say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, you are starting by worshipping him as the king. Okay? It means we are in a kingdom. So he say, hallowed be thy name. When we say it's time to worship, we are worship the king. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want you to look at this closely. Did you see the word earth there? Did you see the word heaven there? The heaven belongs to the Lord, but the earth belongs, has been given to us. So now when he says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Okay, let me explain it in simple terms. I had a privilege one time to go to a reunion. And uh, the time when I went there, reunion was seen as a colony of France. 
Okay. So Fre the French kingdom had annexed Reunion and then taken charge of Reunion. And everything that happens in Reunion, it's similar to what happened in France. Okay. So they were speaking French. They behaved like French. Amen. So when here it says, our father who art in heaven. So when God wants to influence this earth, so that what is in heaven may be seen here on the earth, he needs ambassadors. He needs you and I. So he has placed us here on the earth to propagate his kingdom. So when we say thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. So how will the will of God be done on earth as it is in heaven? It has to start in me. The will of God has first to be done in me as a child of God. And then it will spread and affect other people. So if as a child of God you keep on saying, hey, I don't know why doesn't God do this? Why doesn't God do that here on the earth? It says he has given the earth to human beings. So when he has given us the earth, what Adam did actually, he was given the authority. You know what Adam did? He sold it over to the devil. You know when he disobeyed, when Adam disobeyed the kingdom, he lost the, the authority when he, he disobeyed God. And then, so we men no longer had authority to rule. That's why you remember these words in the book of Matthew. When Jesus, when Jesus was tempted by the devil and the devil said, he showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the earth. And then he said, if you bow to me, I can give you these kingdoms. You remember that story? He says, because it has been delivered to me. He does not say, I fought for it. Do you know that the devil didn't, didn't fight for the kingdom? It was given him very easy. Adam just disobeyed God and he handed over. The authority. Okay? So the devil, that's why the Bible will say that the, Satan, the God of this world. Have you read that verse? Satan, the God of this world. So that the fact that Adam handed over the authority, the dominion to the enemy by disobeying God, it means for you now as a person to again have authority, you need to be restored by Christ. You cannot have authority if you are not in union with Christ. Okay? We need to get that because you will be there like the sons of Sceva. Remember the sons of Sceva trying to cast out devils? They heard that Paul was casting out devils. Jesus casted out devils. Now they go to people who had evil spirits. In the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, we cast you out. Did those evil spirits come out? Uh -uh. They said, Jesus we know. Paul we know. But who are you? Amen. So do you think that the evil one knows you? Do the evil one know you? Do demons know you? Can you command with authority of the kingdom that you have? Or are you not utilizing your authority? Sometimes you find as children of God, we do not behave like children of God. We don't behave like ambassadors. We don't behave like people who have authority. So when we say, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, it has to start with my life. We need to say, Tomangan Mrena, Tomangan. 
Can we say Tomanga Murena? Start with me. Amen. So in other words, if the will of God is done in my life, if the kingdom of God is manifested in my life, then it can spread through me. But it has to start with me. So I want you to go with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 to 20. Because I'm saying to you, it starts as we accept Jesus. So today, I think we said we are continuing with what we started last week. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. So we want the kingdom of God to be manifested on the earth through us. So it means when something is not right, something is not in order, you want the king to rule. You know the Bible says we are kings and priests? Huh? You know that verse. So if you are a king, it means you rule. Have you been ruling of late? Have you been exercising authority of late? Or have you always been saying, hey, life is difficult, man. Hey, life is tough. You never know. That's not how an ambassador speaks. Look at this. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 20 NLT. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. I like this because when you are in Christ, it does not say that you are a renovation. You know that we can renovate this place and it will look new, but it will not be new, isn't it? But when you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new, new, new. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. All things have passed away. I'm born again. More than the conqueror. That's who I am. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. That's who you are. Amen. A new creation, a brand new. Not second hand. Not renovation. Brand new. So if there were things that you used to do before, old things have passed away. You are a new creation in Christ. So he continues. It says, and all this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. You see how we get back to God? Through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak to you for Christ. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. I want you to look at verse 20 with me. It says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. When you are an ambassador, you talk for your kingdom, isn't it? Huh? So which kingdom have you been talking for of late? If I say, how are you? And you say, hey, life is tough. We are suffering. Which kingdom are you talking for? Does that sound like your father's kingdom? Uh-uh. That's a foreign language. You're speaking like Adam after he was deceived. Do you remember? Adam after he was deceived and then God said, who told you that you're naked? You're speaking things that are foreign. Okay? So, 
When it says that we are Christ's ambassadors, it means as an ambassador, I represent the kingdom of heaven. And as an ambassador, I behave like somebody who represents the kingdom of heaven. You can't continue to live the old way. You can't continue to live as if you represent the kingdom of the devil. Because when you are an ambassador, may it be that when people of the earth are stranded, they come to you for, for help. May they see that your life is different from theirs, that they can come to you and say, how do you make it in life? Things are very difficult on this earth, but we always see you soldiering on. We always see you having the peace of God. We know that things are not always working out in your life, but you always have the joy of the Lord. How are you making it? Let them come to you because you're an ambassador. Amen? And when you are an ambassador, your country provides for you, isn't it? Yeah, your country provides for you. Your country or your government has also the army. You know that our government also has the army. Talking about our heavenly government. We've got the army of angels. You've heard the word, the Lord of hosts, isn't it? In the Bible. Hosts is armies of angels. So when he is the Lord of hosts, it means he has given his angels charge over me. When you see people of the world being protected by soldiers and police, and if maybe, let's say, the president is moving around, they will accompany him, isn't it? Do you know what the Bible says about you and I? It says he has given his angels charge over me to accompany me in all my ways. It means I'm treated like a royalty. Amen? And the good thing with being protected by the heavenly host being protected by God, is that God's protection is complete. Because if you are protected by soldiers or police, when the enemy strikes you with sickness, when you are, you, you've got a disease and they say this disease is incurable, do the guns help with that disease? Then they shoot cancer out of your body. Doesn't help, isn't it? It means there are many things that the world system cannot solve. So you can only deal with the enemy being fully armed by what God provides. Amen. So that's why then when I'm an ambassador, my father provides for me. In our kingdom, we get healed. The Lord heal us. He's Jehovah, Rapha, the Lord my healer. He has given his angels charge over me to protect me and preserve me in all my ways. He is the Lord my peace. He is everything that I need. That's our kingdom. So when you are an ambassador, may it be that when people want help, they come to you. Do you represent the kingdom of God? Do you think people of the world can come to you and say, help us? How are you making it? Because imagine if you are a child of God and they ask you, how are you? And you say, hey, we are struggling, man. Hey, life is tough. Do you think they would want to follow that kind of God? They, already, they are already struggling on their own. So, why should they follow your God just to struggle more? They need to see something in you different from them. They need to say you have something. When we want to know about God, let's go to that ambassador. Let's go together to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 9, verse 9. 1 Samuel 9, 9. In the olden days, when people wanted to know what God wants or what God is saying, they would go to ambassadors. They would go to what we used to call a seer or the prophet. And that person would speak 
what God is saying. You get that? Okay, let's read it together. 1 Samuel 9, 9, I will read in the message translation. It says, in former times in Israel, a person who wanted to seek God's word on a matter would say, let's visit the seer because the one we now call the prophet used to be called the seer. Did you get that? So it says in those days when they wanted to know the will of God, when they wanted to know a matter from God, they would visit an ambassador. They would visit the seer. And that person would speak on behalf of God. So I'm asking you, child of God, when the Bible says we are ambassadors for Christ, when people come to you, do they get God's word? Do they get heavenly direction? Or they come to you dejected and they go away worse off? Hmm? Or they come to you when they want to gossip. They know you are a gossip specialist. Can't people at least, let people at least know you for the kingdom. Let them even be shy to say some things when you are there. <laughs> the other time, somebody used a swear word and I was there and I think a person knew me said, oh, so, so excuse me for French. It seems swear words sometimes they are called French. I didn't know that. <laughs> excuse the French. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it means the person speaks this and realizes, hey, but this an ambassador here. There's somebody who represents a certain kingdom. Okay? Let it be that when people of the world wants to speak, they will know that you are different. But you can't be joining them and being like them. Then there is no hope to give to the world. Because if we have to be ambassadors, we have to know that we do the will of God and we represent the kingdom. By the way, do you know that when you are an ambassador, you should behave like your kingdom? How many of you know that when you are an ambassador, you hold the brand of your kingdom? Huh? And in the kingdom, a brand is a very important thing. We need a brand to be preserved. So go together with me to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 19 to 22. I will do it in the TLB, the Living Bible. 2 Corinthians 1, 19 to 22. So that you know how things happen in our kingdom. In our kingdom, Jesus is Lord and he has already provided us everything we need. And when he gives a promise, his promises are yes and amen. Okay? And when he does that, he wants us to live in the fullness of his promises as ambassadors. So it means in our kingdom, if I'm an ambassador, my kingdom provides for me. Amen? When you're an ambassador, your kingdom provides for you, isn't it? Your needs are not provided for by the country you are in. They are provided for by your country. That has deployed you. So we are deployed here. Can you tell your neighbor I'm on a mission? I've been commissioned. Amen. So it means I can't live here on earth as if things are ending here. There is a greater purpose. So look at this. 2 Corinthians 1, 19-22 TLB. It says, Timothy and Silvanus, and I have been telling you about Christ, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So they were telling, talking about Jesus because they are ambassadors. What do you talk about? What do you talk about? Do you talk about Jesus? Are you ashamed to speak of the Lord? He says, we've been talking about 
Christ. He isn't the one to say yes when he means no. Okay, other translation would say all the promises of God are yes and amen. It's not yes and no. So when it says he isn't the one who says yes when he means no, it means this. You know, how many of you have ever heard people say, you see, God has his own ways. He answers in three ways. Which I even forgot those three. I think one of them is yes, one is no. Is the other one wait or or what? I think there are three ways. But because they are not in scriptures, I've forgotten them. Okay? But here it says, as for Christ, he can't say, you can't find a thing in his word where he said yes, but, and by the way, he meant no. Uh-uh. That's not my God. As for Jesus, when he says yes, all the promises in the word are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. So if you find a promise in the word, that's for you. That's a yes for you. And do not allow people to brainwash you to think like them. You say, you never know. But God has already said what he will do. He says, he always does exactly what he says. He carries out and fulfills all of God's promises, no matter how many of them there are. How many of God's promises does Jesus fulfill? All of them. Do you know that sometimes people ask, when they are asking God, they will ask like, uh, I'm asking Lord, but I don't want to ask too much. You've heard that, isn't it? As if God will soon run short of things here. It's only people who are limited who think like that, isn't it? Because it says no matter how many promises there are, it's always yes in Christ. So never think that you are asking too much. Can I tell you what you need to do as an ambassador? Okay, we'll, we'll continue with this. Let me just bring this for you. The Lord will not do anything on the earth without going through the embassy. You know the scripture that says, surely the sovereign Lord does nothing on earth without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. You know that verse in, in Amos. Okay? So it means this. When God wants to do something, like any other country, when they want to do something on another country, they must go through the embassy. Okay? So let me give you an example. You remember the time when God wanted to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because of the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah? Huh? Did the people just go, the angel just go and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah without first visiting the embassy? They visited the embassy. They went to Abraham. So actually the Lord said, are we going to hide from Abraham the thing that we are going to do? Can we do this without going through the embassy? Mm, we can't. And then they went to the embassy. So let me give you the story. But you must read it for yourself, okay? I'm giving it to you on condition that you will read it. Okay. So they went to the embassy. We want to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. The scene of Sodom and Gomorrah has reached the Lord, and the Lord is not happy about it. You know what sin it was, isn't it? Yeah. God is still, it's still an abomination even in the days we're living in, whatever the sin that was, as you know it. Okay? So now, when he wanted to destroy, to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, they talked to the ambassador. 
And what did the ambassador say? The ambassador says, Lord, what if there are 100 Russia's people in the city? Are you going to destroy the city for and destroy the Russia's with the, the good, with the, with the bad? What did the Lord say? For the sake of 100, we will not destroy it. You remember that? Okay? Comes down. What if there are 50? Will you destroy the Russians with the bad people? And what did the Lord say? For the sake of the 50, we will not destroy it. So this to me is saying, some of the people are not getting destroyed because of you. Some of the things is for your sake. When some of your families are not annihilated and things are not getting destroyed, and uh, with all the evil that's happening there, it's for your sake. So he says, for the sake of 50, I will not destroy it. Now Abraham, just like any of us, he thinks he's bothering God. Did you hear when he came to 10 what he did? Uh, allow me to speak this one last time. Okay. I really don't want to trouble you. Sometimes you think like that. So that's not how to think when you are an ambassador. Because I think Abraham had something in mind. What do you think? Who do you think he was thinking of? He was thinking of Lord. Isn't it? So now he says, may I just get one last chance? What if there are ten Russia's people? Are you going to destroy the city? The wicked with the Russia's? And the Lord said, for the sake of the ten, I will not destroy it. And the ambassador stopped. And then, the, the Lord knew that this ambassador, actually what he intended was to, to make sure that Lord is protected. So they at least made sure that Lord and his family was protected. You remember the story? Yeah, at least that part was done. But I just want to think, if God had moved from 100, 50 to 10, don't you think if the ambassador had said, what if there's one Russia's person there? Are you still going to destroy it? Do you think the answer would have been any different from 10? Any different from 50? Any different from 100? I don't think so. But then the ambassador realized, okay, it's fine. He left it there. Then Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. So I'm saying to you, when you are an ambassador, you need to know that God hears you. That's why even when you go to pray, pray like an ambassador. Pray like somebody who is receiving from your kingdom so that you can tell people what your kingdom says. You need to be able to say, thus saith the Lord. And I thank God in this situation, let's do this. This is what God wants us to do. Because you're speaking like an ambassador. So it says, he always does exactly what he says. He carries out and fulfills all God's promises, no matter how many they are. And we have told everyone how faithful he is, giving glory to his name. It is this God who has made you and me into faithful Christians and commissioned us apostles to preach the good news. He has put his brand upon us, his mark of ownership, and given us his Holy Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee that we belong to him and as the first installment of all that he is going to give us. Did you get that? So it says he has put his mark of ownership, his brand. Can you say to your neighbor, I represent the heavenly brand. Amen. 
So it's almost like, you know, when you wear a brand, maybe a Nike brand, people say, oh, that's Nike. So I, I think you need something that shows that I represent the heavenly brand. Now, when you represent the heavenly brand and you do not behave right, you are tarnishing the brand. So tell your neighbor, don't tarnish the brand. If you look at how people speak of the church today, you can see that the brand is tarnished. There are people who actually, in the name of church, abuse people. In the name of church, use the gospel to make money. And therefore, that tarnishes the brand. And when you talk about a Christian brand, people then equate it with all those other things. So it means we've got to be very careful how we represent the brand. Can you say to your neighbor, I'm a brand ambassador. Amen. And by the way, if you represent a particular brand, okay, I think there was this advert, the, the, the outsurance advert. Somebody represented that brand and, and they realized all the misbehaviors. Then they didn't want to associate with that person. That's how brand works. Okay? Just that the Lord cannot disown you. We'll just stay with you, even if you are tarnishing the brand. But the Lord is admonishing you to represent the brand well. It says he has put his brand upon us, his mark of ownership, and he has given us the Holy Spirit as the first installment, as a guarantee that he's going to give us everything else. So in other words, if he has given me the Holy Spirit, what else can he deny me? Actually, he wants to share the kingdom with us. Can we go together to the book of Luke chapter 12, 29 to 32 ERV? Luke 12, 29 to 32 ERV. It says, because I just want to show you that when you are in the kingdom, your kingdom takes care of you. So God doesn't want us to be worried about our provision. He says, I provide for you. He doesn't want us to be worried about our protection. He says, I protect you. He doesn't want us to be worried about our healing. He says, I am the Lord that heals you. So in our kingdom, we are provided for. That's why I'm blessed. I'm happy to be a child of God. So if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are missing out. Because there's so many in the kingdom. So many blessings. So look, look at this. Luke 12, 29 to 32 ERV. It says, don't always think about what you will eat or what you will drink. Don't worry about it. That's what all those people who don't know God are always thinking about. I read it. I'm not speaking. I was reading. And I reread it. They saw, don't worry. Don't always think about what you will eat or what you will drink. Don't worry about it. That's what all those people who don't know God are always thinking about. Have you noticed that people who don't know God, they are always looking after things. Okay? They would be looking, chasing for wealth. They might even have to be involved in corruption to get wealth. Because they are chasing after things. Okay? So we don't chase after things. Things chase after us. Amen? We seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these other things are added to us. Amen? When I say we don't chase after things, by the way, the other time I told some of you that poverty has lost my address. 
I'll never be poor anymore. <laughs> Poverty has lost my address and I'm not going to renew it. Amen. Yeah, so if the Lord has blessed you and he has placed you in a certain position, that poverty has lost your address. Don't renew the address to poverty. Because otherwise, you know people who once were and now back on the floor. Means poverty have found it. Okay? For us is the blessing that must find me. You know Deuteronomy 28? It says, all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you as you diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. So for me, what follows me is the blessing of the Lord. That's what follows me. Surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. And it seems like if you are not fast enough, the blessings would even overtake you. So there are just too many that they are coming all the way, your way. Okay? That's what it is in our kingdom. So he says, don't worry. People of the world are the ones who are always chasing after things. Which one do you prefer? To chase after things or for things to chase after you? I think it's good when, when things are chasing after me. I pursue the kingdom. I follow the kingdom of God. I seek first the kingdom. And things look for me. Amen? But let it only be things that are aligned to God. If it's poverty, uh-uh. You won't find me. If it's sickness, uh-uh. Wrong address. Don't you sometimes do that? Sometimes if a parcel is delivered to your place and you know it's not your parcel, do you take it? You say, ah, it's long that I haven't been receiving letters, so I must just take it. Uh-uh. You say, that's not my parcel. So when the devil is bringing a parcel, uh, do, do you hear sickness? What about this parcel? You sign for it. Uh-uh. You must say, uh-uh. That's not my parcel. Don't say try next door in case the person next door is also a Christian. <laughs> so just say, that's not my parcel. That's not for me. Okay? You know, when I'm born again, when I'm a child of God, I said this one time to some of you, that I take advantage of being a child of God, of being born again. So I am a Mukosi. So if they say the Mukosi people are inheriting, the land, the Bakwaibos are inheriting the land. There's a land claim. I raise my hand because that's in line with our kingdom. But if they say the Mukosi family are inheriting diabetes, sugar diabetes, uh, the great-grandmother had it, the auntie has had it, the uncle had it, the mother had it, now it's your turn. Uh-uh. I'm born again. Amen? I don't take that. But if it's something good, I take it. So that's the advantage of being born again. When the world offers something you don't want, don't take it. That's not part of your kingdom. Okay? So it says here, that's what all the people of the world think about. God, they don't, who don't know God are always thinking about. But your father knows that you need all this thing. Do you know that when we focus on the kingdom, it's not that God doesn't know that we need the things. It says what you should be thinking about is God's kingdom. Then he will give you all these other things you need. Don't fear, little flock. Your father wants to share his kingdom with you. Did you see that? So he says the father wants to share his kingdom with you. He wants to rule with you. He wants you to take charge. 
So I always equate this ruling and having authority with, okay, some of you, how many of you have, have ever been to a graduation ceremony? I didn't say how many of you have ever graduated. So at least having attended a graduation ceremony. Whether you graduated or not, at least attending one. Okay, many of us. So when you are in a graduation ceremony, you will hear somebody saying, the chancellor, the following candidate have, candidates have complied with all the requirements of this and this and this and this. And then what is that person saying? He's saying something so that the chancellor must confer the degree. And the chancellor then says, I confer the degree. Okay? So it means when I work in the kingdom, I speak things and heaven backs me up. So when it says it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So he wants me to speak on behalf of our kingdom and God will confirm it. God will confer it. So it means if I say in the name of Jesus be healed. It's like Mr. Chancellor. The following person must be healed. He has complied with all the requirements of getting healed. I confer the, I confer the healing. The following person, persons must be protected. I confer the protection. Amen. So it means I must speak what the father says so that the father can back me up. That's how the kingdom works. So it says it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So the Lord wants us to be the ones who reign in life. Go with me to the book of Isaiah 9 verse 6 and 7. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. We'll read it in the Passion Translation. And if somebody wants to read it for us in the King James, New King James Version, I see Mr. MJ, it's undertaken again, it's not here. Is there somebody that's going to read for us? It will be in the New King James Version, uh, Isaiah 9, 6 to 7. Let me do it in the Passion first. A child has been born for us, a son has been given to us, the responsibility of complete dominion will rest on his shoulders and his name will be the wonderful one, the extraordinary strategist. You remember the other time I shared with you that the Lord is a strategist. I didn't see this translated in this yet, but now it's fitting well with what I shared with you the other time. It says the extraordinary strategist, the mighty God, the father of eternity, the prince of peace, Great and vast is his dominion. He will bring immeasurable peace and prosperity. He will rule on David's throne and over David's kingdom to establish and uphold it by promoting justice forevermore. The marvelous passion that the Lord Yahweh, the commander of angel armies. You remember I told you that our kingdom has got an army. So it says the commander of angel armies has his as for his people, we ensure that it is finished. So the passion that God has for his people will make sure that things come to pass in my life. Is somebody going to read it for us in the New King James Version? Otherwise, I will read it. Okay, read it. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, New King James Version. For unto us a child is born. Mm. Unto us a son is given. Mm. And the government will be upon his shoulder. Okay, I like that one. Government upon his shoulder. We are the body of Christ, isn't it? So when the government is on the body of Christ, on whom is the government? On us, isn't it? 
The government shall be upon his shoulder. Uh -huh. And his name will be called Wonderful, mm. Counselor, Amen. Mighty God, mm. Everlasting Father, mm. Prince of Peace. Seven. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. You see the kingdom progressing. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it to establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So the Lord wants to perform it to make sure that his kingdom, of the increase of his government, there will be no end. So wherever you go, brighten the corner where you are. Take the kingdom with you wherever you go. So the kingdom has come upon you, but may you propagate the kingdom of God wherever you are. Because as the church of God, we need to represent the kingdom of God here on the earth. God has placed us strategically at such a time as this. We usually like talking about people like Paul, Peter, how God used them. Sometimes we talk about people who lived in Bible history, Smith Wigglesworth, John G. Lake, all those but now it's our time. Amen. So we are the church of today. And therefore, when God needs ambassadors, I am one of them. And God wants to use this church to propagate his kingdom on the earth. Can we go together the book of Matthew chapter 16? We've begun our descent. Matthew 16, 18 to 19, ERV. Matthew 16, 18 to 19, ERV. It says, so I tell you, you are Peter, the Greek Petros, like the Aramaic Cephas, meaning rock or stone. On this rock, I will build my church. I want to ask you a question. Who is building the church? Jesus Christ, the Lord himself. Whose church is it? It's his church. Okay? So even as a pastor, I don't have pressure to build the church. Okay? I am available to be used by the Lord as he builds his church. So it means if anybody wants to come against the church, they are not coming against me or an establishment of men. They are coming against the Lord Jesus himself. He says, I will build my church and the power of death, gates of hell, the underworld will not be able to defeat, overpower, conquer, or prevail against it. You know what this thing says to me? It says that the church will not be defeated even by the underworld. We talk about the underworld, even by the gates of hell, even by the power of death. So as a church, we can't afford to always be running for cover when they say coronavirus. We've got to obey the rules of the country, and let's do that. But don't do that out of fear. Because if you are doing that out of fear, then you are not taking charge. Then it's as if this scripture here, it says the gates of hell, I'm building my church and the power of death, the gates of hell, the underworld will not be able to defeat, overpower or conquer or prevail against it. So it means, if they say there is a funeral and there's a pastor I have to officiate, I can't say, hey, I'm afraid of corona. Just in case I go there, Corona gets me. Then, 
if I'm representing the kingdom, shouldn't my kingdom protect me? If I'm there for a mission, shouldn't my kingdom take care of me? I didn't send myself there. I'm going there on a mission, and my kingdom has to protect me. So the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. So the church cannot be running for cover when the enemy is unleashing his venom. You need to be able to say, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over all the works of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt me. Amen. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Do you see now? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven when you are on the earth. So he gives us the keys of the kingdom. By the way, when I read Genesis chapter 1 and I look at when God created the heavens and the earth, before Adam and Eve sinned, to me it sounds like God wanted man to live in the earth for eternity. That's where he placed us. You remember? Yeah, that's where he placed us. The heavens belong to the Lord and the earth has made it for human beings. Okay? Now, if then God has to influence this world, through me. He's going to give me the authority. His authority. So that as an ambassador here on the earth, I can use his authority to enforce his kingdom on the earth. Okay? You understand that? I'm just making it simple for you. So when you are an ambassador, you take authority from your kingdom and then you propagate it where you are. Now it says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven that whatever you don't allow or forbid or bind on the earth will be things that God does not allow, forbid or bound in heaven. Did you get that? So it says, as an ambassador, when you say, this is not allowed, this is not permitted, what will the chancellor do? The chancellor will say, I confer it. When he says, this is not permitted, it says, God will also not permit it. Okay? So it is you, as a child of God, when you exercise your authority, who should decide this is not acceptable. This is not permitted. Devil, you are not allowed to run, um, to run havoc in my family. And then the chancellor will say, I confer it. It is done. Amen? And you speak like Jesus and you say, peace, be still. Then there was great calm. Amen? But if you don't take authority, imagine when Jesus was there and then there were those waves and the storm and then imagine Jesus said, hey, we are going to die. We are all going to die. This is it. I never seen a storm like this. You think the storm would have ceased? But where is God? Why doesn't God do something? He's given the earth to the sons of men. He's given the earth to human beings to take charge. So Jesus knew that, and he said, peace, be still. And then heaven backed him up, and it was complete silence. So it's like if I lay my hands over you and say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. I'm speaking like an ambassador. 
and then my kingdom confers the degree. It gives you the thing that we are conferring. But now imagine you are an ambassador and you don't talk the language of your kingdom. You keep on saying, hey, this headache, it will end up killing me. Do you think the chancellor has got, your chancellor has got anything to confer there? No. The enemy is the one who realizes, oh, what did you just say? That sounds like our, our, our kingdom. Yeah, no, I said my headache will kill me. Life and death are in the power of the time. So it means now you are allowing a foreign force to So you are not ruling. You are actually allowing the enemy to rule. You are doing like Adam. You keep on blaming Adam for giving the authority over to the enemy. But you also allowing the enemy to rule. Because just as God cannot operate on earth without a human agent, even the devil needs people to use. Sometimes you would find people have planned things and they really want to do this, they want to be nasty with you and all that. It's just the enemy using you. Okay? So the devil also uses people, just like God would want people to use. So it says, and whatever you allow or permit on earth, will be the things that God allows or permits in heaven. So, and in, the, in, in Good News, it says, 1619, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What you prohibit on earth will be prohibited in heaven. And what you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Can I ask you a question? What have you been prohibiting? Have you been talking to certain things that you are not allowed. We've got this confession uh, since the time when coronavirus pandemic started, March last year. We had that declaration that we gave. We do that. We speak about that every day in our family. We confess it. So one of them is coronavirus has got no power over my body. Sickness you are not permitted in my body. So when I say sickness, you are not permitted. The Bible here says whatever you prohibit will be prohibited. So when I say sickness, you are not permitted in this body. The kingdom must back me up, isn't it? Our kingdom must back me up. And therefore, sickness is prohibited. Amen. That's how you exercise the authority. So, can we wind down? Let, let's land with Romans 5.17. We'll just pack it there for now. We'll continue with it. Romans 5.17, I'll do it in the Passion Translation. It says, Romans 5.17, TPT. Death once held us in its grip. And by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. You know what Adam did? Adam disobeyed God and then that gave death an opportunity to rule on the earth. It says death once held its grip on us and by the blood of one man, Adam, death reigned as king over humanity. But now, I told you I like to live after the birth, isn't it? But now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life. 
enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah. Now I was reading. Okay, let me repeat it. But now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus the Messiah. So it says, death reigned, it had its grip on us because of Adam's disobedience. Now through Christ, grace has found us and grace has its grip on us. Can you tell your neighbor, grace has its grip on me. And when grace has its grip on me, I continue reigning as a king in life. That's what this verse says. It says, and continue reigning as kings in life. It's not like we are, con we are waiting to rule when the Lord comes back only. We rule in life. This is where we need to exercise authority. That's why it says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. So I need to exercise this authority here and now. And it says, enjoying our regal freedom. You say today is Human Rights Day, isn't it? So can, can you enjoy your human rights in Christ? Huh? Where you, you continue to reign as a king in life. That's complete freedom, isn't it? Because if we only take or accept the freedom that we are given, in the worldly way. It is limited. Okay? It can help you with a lot of things, but not with everything. So here it says, we want to enjoy our regal freedom through Christ, the only one, the Messiah. So everything you need, the Lord will provide for you. May your kingdom take care of you. May you talk to your king when you want to discuss some issues. When you go to prayer, go to prayer like an ambassador. Don't pray like a religious person performing a ritual. Okay? Pray like an ambassador. Father, we, we, we've got this. Uh, let's talk about this. You remember God said in Isaiah, come let us reason together. God enjoys it when you fellowship with him and you discuss some issues with him. You remember the Bible says, and Enoch walked with and Abraham was a friend of God. God wants to fellowship with you. So as part of the kingdom, continue to walk with your father. Continue to take orders and instruction from your kingdom. And continue to propagate the kingdom of heaven on the earth, the kingdom of God on the earth, so that wherever you go, May the river of living waters flow with you and bring hope to people wherever you go. Amen. Of the increase of his government, there will be no end. And I'm part of that kingdom. So I'm saying to you, children of God, let us be encouraged to walk as ambassadors of the kingdom. Let us be encouraged to continue to perpetuate our kingdom. Speak like an ambassador. 
Don't speak for the enemy. Don't be a gossiper. Speak the gospel. Speak about Christ. Confer blessing upon people, not curses. Amen. I want us to stand up and thank God for the word that we've heard. We're going to continue this, but you need to really say, Lord, as you are going to stand now and thank God for the word that we've heard, whichever way that the Lord has ministered to you as an ambassador, just speak to him a few minutes about this that you've heard. And if there are places where you need to adjust in your life, you haven't been living like an ambassador, if you haven't been representing the kingdom, if you haven't been living like somebody who is on fire for the Lord, knowing that we are here just for a period, there's a mission that we must fulfill. And you were living like life ends here and things are so busy and you're doing this and doing that. Go before the Lord and repent. There are, thank you for reminding me, I'm an ambassador. There is a race that I must run. There are victories to be won. We have the victory. We've got to keep on propagating the kingdom. Stand up and thank God for the word that we've heard. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord.